Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor and subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can tell I haven't shaved. I hope you can tell I haven't shaved. Um, anyways, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. As always, it's much appreciated. Today, it's just you and me. We're gonna get back to the guests next week as we lead into training camp the following week, and I'll have more guests then. So, but today there are a few topics I wanted to go over things that have been on my mind for a couple or things that I've picked up over the last week or two that I think it's important to share. Let's start with receiver Terry McLaurin. As you know, he assigned the big contract. He signed it a week ago, more than a week ago. So that's not news. And there really isn't anything necessarily news here, but it's more the impact of that signing and how it got done. And the, the I think one of the big keys that this team did was they communicated, I think, rather effectively to McLaurin how much they valued him here. And I think one thing they always wanted him to know was that. Whatever the, wherever the negotiations were going at a certain point, they wanted to know that because it allows him to know that they that what they're working toward and how they see him in the organization. I think that's always important. There were a couple of times where a story might come out where somebody might write or there might be some speculation about what could happen here. And as you know, part of the reason people do that is because you see what's happening elsewhere with other receivers, A.J. Brown, um, you, know, uh, you know, the Cowboys trading Amari Cooper, you know, the receiver market was going crazy. So you just, you, you don't, where do things go? So if some stories like that would come out, this team would get on the horn with, with uh, McLaurin to just to kind of say, it's not coming from us. There's nothing there to it. Just somebody speculating. We want you here. That message was communicated over and over. When I think there was a story where, some, where somebody mentioned something about how they draft Jahan Dotson, you know, McLaurin, you know, what does this mean for him? And again, I think they met, they made sure that he knew that it had no bearing on the negotiations. They did not see Dotson as a replacement for McLaurin. They saw him as a complement to McLaurin. So I think those were some of the things that were going on that you have to do, even though, listen, the contract is really good. And, you know, players know that that's, they, they gauge the value by how much you're paying them. But I do think it's important for teams to communicate to guys how they see them in the organization, how they value them. I think that's true for any work or anywhere, but in this league, especially, I think guys want to know, because if not, then they want to go somewhere else where they can get the same deal and also be valued. And speaking of Dotson, I'm going to be curious to see as training camp opens how he and McLaurin mesh. And not just how they mesh, I think they're going to mesh pretty well, but how they are used and can complement each other and open up the offense a little bit. For example, I would expect teams to really focus on McLaurin early on 
because he's their number one weapon. He's the proven guy in this pass game. Samuel coming, Curtis Samuel coming off the injury. People know what he can do, but it's still a different kind of threat. Deami Brown hasn't shown enough to warrant anything. Jahan Dotson will be the key in this. So if Dotson, if, if they're giving McLaurin double teams again, then it's up to Dotson can help eliminate that by how he plays early on. And I think one of the ways they can help with that too is maybe taking some shots down the field early in the year, helping open up and getting teams to play back a little bit deeper, which then opens up an area that Dotson can excel and that's underneath. That in turn would help McLaurin. And I do think teams, you know, I've talked to, I remember talking to Fred Smoot about this after they saw, after they got Wentz. And he talked about how he would try to bait Wentz if he was a defensive back, but he would do that by maybe playing, maybe playing a little bit um, looser just to try get him to throw down the field and maybe go after the ball a little bit. But what I would say is conversely, there are going to be teams that are going to be playing, honoring that deep ball. There's a lot of speed on this offense. They can go vertical. So you're going to have defensive backs maybe playing just a little bit deeper, which in turn should open up that underneath stuff for a guy like McCoy. Because one of the things I think this offense should be able to do well is that quick game, right? And I always say that with, with Wentz, it's not just about the deep ball that he can bring. It's really, it's as much about the underneath quick game that I think they get excited about because they do have speed to hurt you vertically and horizontally. And if you can create some openings underneath, you get some of these guys who can run, Curtis Samuel, Dotson, and Deami Brown can run, man. So if you get those guys underneath on some stuff, if, you, if they have to honor the deep stuff and you can hit them underneath with some of these guys, it can create some gaps for them to run through. And so I think, but listen, Dotson was a punt, was a returner in college too. So I think it gives, you know, you can turn it into a situation like that for him underneath, which can then tap into his strength. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how those two what they do with those two and how they work together. The other thing I think that works well with McLaurin, like Dotson and Carson Wentz in the spring, really seem to connect with Dotson. But I think those Dotson and McLaurin give Wentz two receivers he can trust where they're going to be. And I think with Wentz, trust will be a big thing. Now, as far as the deal goes, the one thing I was going to say too is you always worry, you always wonder how a guy responds when they get that kind of a contract, right? So I, I remember back in the day for the for the old timers, I guess I can say now, because it was in 1997 when they signed Dana Stubblefield as a free agent. Stubblefield was a really good defensive tackle. They signed him. And the one thing he talked about was, oh, you know, I'm going to always work hard. I was raised on a farm. I'm used to working hard, used to working hard. And that guy got lazy. He got the big deal. He got lazy. Google him. Life did not go well after that point. So the one thing with McLaurin, though, is you would never have to worry about is how the guy responds in terms of his work ethic. This is a guy who in high school, as I'm sure, as sure you know, you know the story. He went to Ohio State for a camp. Urban Meyer basically told him, you're not good enough. Come back a week later. We'll see where you're at. Well, he goes home and catches a few hundred balls a day, um, gets better, wasn't perfect. But what Meyer liked is that he went and worked on his game. And that's a guy that you can work with. So that's number one. Number two, as a rookie, McLaurin comes in in the, in the training, in, in, excuse me, OTAs. And he's going up against, you know, veteran receiver corners, Dominic Rogers, Cromartie, Josh Norman. And he wasn't really beating them. 
and I'd watch him like his routes look pretty crisp. Why? And but yet the defensive backs, Cromartie, a lot of times would anticipate where he was going. So what was he not doing well? So he talked to the corners after that, after that spring, and he t- they talked to him about the way he ran his routes and maybe the speed he was running his routes at and how he had to change things up a little bit to confuse them a little bit more. So he goes and works on this. It's six weeks till training camp that year. He comes back in training camp and they can't cover him. And that's when you knew like this kid's going to have a really good year and he's going to be a really good pro. He consistently always works for a guy like McLaurin. The contract is more of a competitive thing. This is what I think I'm worth versus cashing in for life. Because this guy also has a chance to, it's a three-year deal. He's got a chance to earn another big deal if things go well. He'll be motivated by that more so, again, as much about the measuring stick of where you're at as it is about the money. So the money's great. Don't get me wrong on that. But I think there for him, there's a competitiveness that drives him to always prove himself. And I don't think that is going to change. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code KIME at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, to receive your first month free. Will there be other contracts that get done before training camp or even before the start of the season? At this point, I would say no. I don't, I don't anticipate anything else being done. There are a few guys that we have to watch during the season and beyond as to what they do. And it's, it's Cole Holcomb, Cam Curl, Montez Sweat, and Deron Payne. I think they clearly like these each of these players. I think Curl and Holcomb are going to be very interesting to watch because I think, you know, with Holcomb, they have a lot of, they put a lot of faith in him this offseason. We went from the start of the offseason hearing about, the need for a linebacker to the middle part of the offseason with them basically saying, Hey, Holcomb is better than everybody thinks. He was, he played better than everybody thinks, et cetera. So the job is his. Now, if he goes out and you still got to go out and prove that he can be the guy that they say he can be. And he has progressed each year. It's possible if he goes out, let's say he goes out and has a good start of the season, maybe they try to sign him then. I don't know, but I don't anticipate anything before him. 
As for Curl, now remember, this is only year three of his contract, so there's still a ways to go here. But they're going to have to decide next offseason what they want to do with him. So this is a big year for him to show he is continuing to ascend. And he's taken a step each year, and they're going to use him in a role where he, he could show a lot more of what he can do. He's going to play some of that Buffalo nickel at times, depending on the package. He'll play back as, a, you know, he'll play the you know deep half safety. Sometimes they can put him deep middle. They like to keep him deep half if he's back there because you got Bobby McCain. But he'll be able to show some strong safety, more of the strong safety growth, but also the Buffalo nickel, which is the hybrid. Would He would be more of a hybrid linebacker safety type if he plays that at times. So I think he has a chance to show his growth, which then next offseason will lead to what do you do with him going into year four? So, but that's one to watch too. Then Deron Payne is obviously a big one because he's a free agent after this year if they don't sign him. I think the hard part there is they just gave John Allen a deal last year that averages $18 million a year. Do you give Deron Payne that kind of money? I think that's the question that they're going to have to answer. And I would say the reason why there's no contract is because right now the answer is no. So that, that I think that's an easy one to look at. If you're Deron Payne, you would probably want that money because you know, if you're his agent, you also say, listen, that deal was last year. You're, you know, so it's not the same as a deal that's right now or one that would happen after the season. So I think they're going to see where he goes and, and then decide, like, if the money is right, I think they'd love to keep him. I think a difference there is they have Fedarian Mathis. They did not draft him to replace Deron Payne, but they, they do know they have a guy who can replace him if they have to let him walk after the season. So I, I think, again, an ideal world, I think you keep them. I don't know that they're going to be able to because there's going to be other guys that they're going to want to keep up front. And they already are looking at how do you organize these contracts. So that's another one to keep an eye on. I think the other, the other thing with, with uh, Deron Payne that's I, what I know is there are teams that would trade for him probably right now. Give up a third round pick in 2023 to get Payne. But if you're Washington, why would you trade him? Clearly, they, there was a chance before the draft they could have done it or that they were, if teams had given a right offer, I think they probably would have. But at this point, hurt your depth by without Settle, without um, Matt Ioannidis. So why would you hurt it more if you're going into a year that you think you can be a good team, certainly contending for the NFC East title? So you're not going to weaken your team that way just to get a third round pick in 2023, you're going to get a third round pick in 2024 if you don't, if you do trade, excuse me, if you don't trade him, because if he leaves as a free agent, that's what you'll get as a compensatory pick, um, assuming the formula works out right. So that's something to keep in mind there. And then the last one is Montez Sweat. Now, Sweat is going into his fourth year. He has the fifth year extension the following year, but I think you get in that situation. I think they'd probably rather extend him than to have him play on that fifth year. Just my speculation. So you get to, you know, depending on the kind of year he has, you get to next year at this point, what do you do? I think, so I think how he plays will determine what happens there. But the bottom line is, I don't expect anything to happen before the season with anybody. And again, Curl is still too early. It's just that this is a season to watch for him because it's going to determine what they probably do at this time next year with him. So there you go on that. Now, one more topic, and it's the fun one, right? It's the Dan Snyder in Congress. But I just wanted to go over a couple things with you. I think you probably have a good handle on this. We know, well, here's what we know. 
We know that Dan Snyder's attorney offered for him to testify voluntarily on July 28th via video conference. What we also know is that the House Oversight Committee wants him to, uh, to testify via a subpoena. Uh, they're okay with the date, July 28th. It's the next to last day before the House breaks for August recess. There's a big difference here. If he testifies on a subpoena, he's under oath. Um, if he testifies voluntarily, he doesn't have to answer every question. He can just say, I don't want to answer them. And with, um, with the subpoena, he can always plead the fifth. But as somebody who worked with this, who deep, is deeply um, knowledgeable about the committee said, when you start pleading the fifth, it looks like you're covering a lot of things up. So in a criminal situation, it might be more apt. Somebody would be more apt to do that. I don't know if he would do that here. Somebody said they would recommend he don't, doesn't do that. Certainly some people would probably expect that to happen because they might get into things that he just doesn't want to get into, um, whether it's financial stuff, anything with it. But that's an option there. Again, when it's voluntarily, he just doesn't have to answer that. Or the fear with the committee is that he would be, feel bound by the NDAs and would not have to answer questions that pertain to that things are covered by NDAs. So it would limit the scope of what they feel they could get from him. <clears throat> so then what happens after all that? Let's say he just says, I'm not going to testify under subpoena. Now, here's the other thing to keep in mind. They can't subpoena him when he's overseas. U.S. Marshals cannot serve the subpoena when he is overseas. So he does. the only way he could agree to testify via subpoena right now is if his attorney accepts on his behalf. And that has not happened. So if none of that happens, let's say they subpoena him and he decides not to appear. Um, they could always, they could either let that, they could either, nothing could happen in July. And then let's say in August, he returns. They want to serve the subpoena. Let's say he returns overseas, from overseas in August. They can serve the subpoena at that time. It can be in August. Carolyn Maloney, the chairwoman, can do that at any time. Then what happens if he doesn't appear at that one, then they could decide how do they want to proceed. Probably they could issue or they could charge him with contempt of court. He could then take him to court and basically run out the clock because the midterms are coming in, in November. If the Republicans win the House, then he could run out the clock. And that's what, you know, that's a possibility. Don't know what's going to happen. Those are the scenarios. And I just wanted to keep you updated. I hope I wasn't confusing with any of it. And it's something we're going to be paying attention to. And again, if he does take him to court, it could go on for months and months. And it could go on longer than, than it could take longer. Like, for example, the Democrats could lose the House. They're out of power in January. But the case could still be in court beyond that point. Just because the, the investigation might end doesn't mean the court situation would then automatically end as well. So a lot of things to consider, a lot of scenarios that could take place, um, but that's what we know right now. So there you go. I appreciate you tuning in, and I'll be back with another episode on Sunday night or Monday. It'll come out Monday morning or, or Sunday night, one of those, so pay attention to it. You can find us again on YouTube You can find, with Empire Media. It's A-M-P-I-R-E, or again, with the podcast, The John Conn Report, wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I appreciate you listening. Talk to you next time.